Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Oh Yes You Can, the podcast that celebrates people who are entrepreneurial, doing things that are slightly outside the box and are sharing their journeys with with others uh, to inspire them. Um, so I'm here today with uh, my very good friend Charlotte Lepore. Uh, Charlotte is an entrepreneur um, she is the owner and founder of the Warehouse Collective as well as owning multiple businesses before that. Uh, and she is up for the Great British Entrepreneur of the Year Award in the creative category. So really excited to speak to you today. Hello and welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, so first of all, if you could just talk a little bit about the Warehouse Collective, your, your current business, what that is and, and what you do. Okay, so the Warehouse Collective is a multi-use creative space. It's in a warehouse and um, it's basically designed for creatives. So it's mostly a content creation studio. So we do, um, you can come and create content, you can have a photo shoot, you can rent the space if you're self-employed and you have a business and you want to, you don't have anywhere to, to rent from, you can rent space. You can um, come there for treatments. You can we can do training, masterclasses, events. It's basically a multi-use space for anything creative. I'm always really curious. At what point in your life, your career, did you decide that you were going to work for yourself? Um, okay. Well, I actually had my first business when I was 21. Wow. Okay. Which was a wedding sign business. I bought a franchise for a pound. Wow. Because uh, it was doing so badly. So ha we had to have a legal transaction running, so it was a pound. Um, and then I had that for a couple of years and I ended up selling that and moving to Dubai. Um, so uh, that was kind of like, I think my parents have always had their own business. So I think it was almost kind of assumed in our family that you kind of go on to do that. So it wasn't a shock when I said to them that I wanted to buy it. They were very much like, yeah, that's normal. Um, so then I sold that business and then I then opened up an online boutique which was clothing and jewelry um in dubai which was actually illegal at the time i wasn't allowed to do that but i did it um so i couldn't really grow that business very far because i was doing it illegally <laughs> and you went actually when i lived there um and then uh after that when i moved back i was pregnant and i'd moved back from dubai and i didn't really have any i kind of was a bit invisible when i moved back so i'd been away for so long I wasn't employable, I was pregnant, so it was kind of like, okay, I need to make some money. So it was kind of not really a conscious decision, it was just something that I had to do. And so that's how I then got into athletics. Okay, and interestingly, you talk about coming back to the UK and feeling like you were unemployable. Just talk a bit more about that and why you felt that way. Um, I think when I moved back, so I'd been away for five years, small things like even things like my car insurance, it was always like, we haven't been here. So, you know, you've got no, no claims bonus and opening bank account, I'd never bank account, getting a mobile phone, no credit history, things like that, that I just felt like I'd fall off the face of the earth for five years. So coming back was always quite daunting. Um, so I felt, and because I was pregnant, I thought no one's going to employ me. Um, so yeah, that's probably not, true I probably was employable but in, at the time I just felt like there's just no way I'm about to get a job and how am I going to make money so I literally went on the internet and googled the best paying jobs for females and or best paying self-employed um, careers for females and came up microblading I'd never heard of microblading before I hadn't been in the beauty industry but I was like okay that 
that sounds good. I'll do that. Found this course. It was literally, I found the cheapest, the soonest course I could find. Didn't even research whether it was any good. Um, I had £2,000. That was all I had to my name. The course was £2,000. Um, and I was, I think, about six months pregnant at this point. And um, so I I won't say who it was because I might get them in trouble. But I basically knew someone that owned a company and I said to them, I've only got £2,000. I need travel. I need food. I need to stay there because I was six months pregnant. I couldn't be traveling back and forth. It was for three days. So I said to them, could you put it through your business and claim the tax back, the VAT back, so that I can have some money back from the 2000 And then I literally had enough for the course, my hotel and food and travel. That was it. Wow. And I guess being an entrepreneur is quite scary. There isn't a safety net. Yeah. And what drives you to want to work for yourself versus going into a more stable career working for somebody else? I think I just, I'm not very manageable. I feel like (laughs) in all the jobs I've had other than one, I've still like, I've either felt like I've invested far too much to the point that I feel like I own the company I take it far too seriously and start telling the CEO how he needs to run his company which nobody wants that from me or I'm just not interested on I'm doing something on the side sneakily like building my own thing on the side so I think it just got to the point where I was like working for someone else just isn't going to work for me and do you think that everybody could be an entrepreneur or do you think there's certain traits that make somebody entrepreneurial and, and capable I guess of going on that that journey I think you either are one or you're not I think there's no you can't teach yourself to be an entrepreneur I think it's either in you or it's not there's certain traits that just are part of your personality and part of your makeup I don't think they can be taught I don't think there's any course or any way that you can get that inside you like you were either born that way or you're not I think and what traits do you think those are um well I always think that being an entrepreneur is very much like being being a parent it's almost part of you you know there's no where you end and where that person or where that business starts it just becomes you and you kind of don't want to you're just constantly trying to keep that thing alive every single day and even no matter how hard it becomes or how tired you are or how much money you've lost or any of those resources that are drained, you just keep trying to keep it alive or wanting to make it grow. And I think unless you are so completely passionate and love your business like you would your child, you you aren't going to keep it alive. You're just not. Um, and I think that's a good thing and a bad thing because I think to be a founder and a com- of a company that you've created... Um, you know, it's like with biological parents, even if people come in or you have people that work for your company, they're never going to love it like you do. They'll love it like their own, but they won't love it like it's actually their own, like you you love it. Then I think there has a downside to being a founder, a creative founder of a company. There's only so much you can scale that company because you haven't got that corporate mind or you haven't maybe got that corporate experience where you can actually build and scale. You're kind of very much in that this is my baby and it's small and I'm going to kind of nurture it. So it has pros and cons, I think. Yeah. And I guess there's been lots of challenges throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. But if you could pinpoint your biggest challenge, uh, what would that be? Um, I think for me it was COVID because I was, there was a point where I was closed down because I couldn't work. So I was in the beauty industry. So I didn't work for nine months. Um, 
so that was really scary because I didn't know whether I would even have a business at the end of it or when that was going to end or how I would survive um but I think that was a real turning point for the company and me as a person like going through that was so difficult but actually now I look back quite fondly and think god that was like the beginning I felt like it was the end but actually it was the beginning yeah so yeah it's amazing so you're up to the Great British Entrepreneur of the Year Award uh, in the creative category. Yeah. Just talk to me a bit about what that means to you. Um, partly, I I kind of feel like, have they got the right person? I keep looking on the website like, yep, that's me. That's definitely not the right person. But I almost feel like I wasn't quite ready for that. They contacted me a few years because it's an application process. You have to apply for it. And they contacted me a couple of years prior um, and asked me to apply and I was like no and then the next year they asked me and I was like no then they asked me this year and I thought I'm not ready yet and I don't have a chance of winning this but actually maybe I need to go through the process to see exactly what the process is and see what yeah they're asking of you so that for the future I can apply and actually have a chance of getting this so I applied for it and I didn't to be honest put too much thought into it because I didn't even think that I'd even notice my application so I just applied for it quite quickly and then completely forgot about it. And then one day, so I think that was in the February, and then I knew that they would, they said, if you got through, they'll contact you in June. If, they, if you don't get through, they don't hear, you don't hear from them. I genuinely never thought I'd hear anything again. And then it got to um, June, didn't hear anything, but wasn't even in my mind. I was having a really bad week at work, just generally, you know, entrepreneurial issues. And my default when I'm like stressed or can't cope with life is that I just go to sleep and hope that when I wake up, it's, it's gone. So um, it got to the Friday, I dropped my daughter at school and I thought, do you know what, I'm just going to go home and go to sleep. I can't even cope with adulting today. And I went home, got into bed, and then my phone rang and it was a number I didn't know. And generally, I don't even answer the phone generally anyway, so I don't even know why I answered. And um, this loud voice was like hi it's John how are you blah, blah, like really like lively really nice guy and I'm like fine thank you and he was like so the next part of the process is this blah blah, blah. and I was like I don't even know who this person is and I don't I can't remember how the conversation went but I remember him saying to me you don't sound like you know what I'm talking about and I said I really don't sorry and um, he said we, we emailed you two weeks ago to say that you're a finalist for the great breakfast entrepreneur of the year the creative category and I was like oh my god like I have no idea anything um, so I'd had the email for two weeks and I think I was going through a bit of a bad patch at that point. I think I lied until I'd been away. <laughs> like, so I would admit I hadn't looked at my emails. Um, so yeah, it was all a bit of a blur, but, um, yeah, got the call and that was that. And I mean, there's, there's lots of very well-known entrepreneurs who have gone on yeah. to win that award. I mean, Stephen Bartlett to, yeah. to name one, but you know, everybody yeah. will recognize and resonate with. Yeah. What, what does it mean to you to even be in the same room as, you know, the, that yeah. those people have been in in the past and other great entrepreneurs are in. Yeah, unbelievable, really. Like, to say that I could potentially win something that Stephen Bartlett's why Embrace Beverly's one, like, that to me is, like, an absolute dream come true. Something that I don't think would ever, if if I won, would never sink in. To even be able to go and be in the room full of these people is just amazing to me. Winning would be the cherry on the top, but if I don't win... To be able to have the opportunity to be able to be part of it, that's just absolutely yeah, amazing. Very exciting. Um, so obviously there'll be a 
people listening who perhaps might be stuck in um, a job that they don't like, potentially they might be working for themselves, but they're struggling as an entrepreneur. What's the best advice that you could give to somebody who feels stuck, whether that's moving out of the corporate world or whether that is in, you know, working for yourself? Yeah, um, it's difficult because I I think a few years ago, I probably would have just said, you really have to chase your dreams and and just go for it and, you know, big risk, big reward and things like that. But I think currently with the, the way the world is, I think having stability is is a bit of a luxury. So I would say that you do have to kind of leverage what you've got. And if you are in a stable job, that's great. And you are having stable money. It's really difficult because if you're, you're in a situation like that, especially if you're creative, like you can feel so unfulfilled and so unhappy. So I would always push people to follow their dreams, but I would, maybe it's age as well now, that maybe I would do it the right way rather than I've taken so many risks and some have worked out, some haven't, that becomes quite stressful. So I think if you can do it alongside a job, you know, if you're, whatever you're getting out of that job, you'll always be getting something, whether it's that you're learning skills or you're having a wage. If it's just wage, use some of that wage to build your business on side. If it is skills, get as many skills as you possibly can so that you know what you can take to your next role I when I look back on my jobs that I've had every single one has built me to this point you know with even if it's like a customer service job or any any job you do get something out of it so I think you just need to really kind of see what it is that you're getting out of it um every single role that I've had and I've had a lot of roles in the past I've done a lot of different things a lot of roles where I feel like at the time they were a bit of a waste of time or what am I doing here? But actually then later on in life, it's like, okay, well, I can do that now because I've experienced that or that person or there's always opportunities. So I don't think any job is bad. I think it's good to keep trying different things and gaining all of these different experiences. So I wouldn't say just literally drop everything and leave. Like I probably- Then just quit. No, I probably would have said that, but I think be strategic and really plan what you're doing, when you want to do it, and how the current thing you're in is going to help you get there. There must have been a moment, though, in your career where you went from being employed to moving into an entrepreneurial space. What was the catalyst? What was the moment that you just went, I'm all in? Um, I think when I moved back, I, when it was almost like, I didn't really have an option. I think a lot of people said to me, you're really brave. But for me, I felt like I didn't have an option. There was no option. Yeah. So this podcast is obviously about, you know, Oh, yes, you can. You know, we all have those moments in our careers, our lives, when people say, well, we can't do that, or maybe you should do that. Have you experienced any of those moments? And what made you go against the grain to tell them, actually, I can? Um, Yeah, I've experienced that moment several, several times. I think I'm a bit of a, or people would probably perceive me as a bit of a dreamer. So I think anyone that's quite logical would probably look at the things that I want to do and and tell me not to or tell me it's not going to work but that's their limiting beliefs that's not mine and there's things that people come to me with and I think well I don't know if that's going to work that's because from my point of view it wouldn't work because I wouldn't put my all into that so yeah if I was doing it it wouldn't work if they were doing what I'm going to do it wouldn't work so I think it's a personal thing I think you just have to really kind of try and not listen to the noise if you're really sure that you can make it work then prove people wrong you know do it two times, take a picture, you know, that kind of vibe of like just 
it almost made that the fuel of if someone says you can't do it and you really know that you can, then you know, get that, that fire in your belly and just go for it. I absolutely agree. It is that fire in the belly. And I'm always interested to speak to entrepreneurs about what that, that moment yeah. was or whether they'd experienced a parent or someone saying, oh, you should, yeah. should go down this route. Yeah, I'd uh, have one comment from someone, um, a family member at the time, when I first started doing microblading, and they said, you'll never make money from eyebrows. So I thought, but here you are. <laughs> okay, I'll show you that I can make money from eyebrows. So, and that's, yeah, I guess where this journey started from doing eyebrows. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what yeah. would that advice be? Um, I think to be probably be a bit more patient, to kind of trust the process. I think I've really learned to embrace the down times because they're all part of the journey. Um, and sometimes the down, you know, the downs or the, what you see deem as a failure become the next level, you know, you're just leveling up. Um, I really feel like in life, it's almost like a computer game, like you're on a level. When you get to the end of that level, there's a big beast that you have to kind of kill off before you can level up again. And the beasts get bigger. And sometimes that beast comes back again, and it's even bigger. I mean, you just have to keep, you know, killing off those beasts to, to, to move up. And um, I think... I, in the past, I've really kind of got quite consumed with that and felt like this is the end or I don't know if I can do, you know, kill off this beast, it's too big. And actually, that's part, just part of it. That's just part of life. Yeah. That's part of business. And you have to embrace it and, and learn from it. And so many entrepreneurs that I listen to on podcasts and, and books and things will say that when they've really, truly made it, they look back on those times and they are actually the nonless memories. Yeah. And, the journey, journey. Yeah, the journey was the bit they enjoyed the most. So I'm really trying to kind of embrace that now and trust the process, trust that life is happening for me, not to me. Um, and so I think I would go back and just tell myself to just slow down, try and enjoy it. These failures are actually lessons and just go with it. And I mean, it must be so hard to keep motivated every single day, particularly when you're a solopreneur working you know yeah. for yourself with yourself yeah what gets you out of bed every morning what gives you that motivation to keep going um I think I'm really kind of I'm always on to the next thing so even when I'm just started something strategically I've always, I'm already planning the next step so I'm almost a little bit over that you know if someone sees that I'm doing something I'm probably already over that I'm on to the next thing people think that I'm flitting between things all the time that's actually quite strategic so by the time people know what I'm doing, I've been gone. Yeah, I've been doing that for the past six months to a year, but no one's known about it. So I'm already moved on to the next thing. And I think when I really want something, I almost can't sleep. I just literally put everything into it. Like I'll, if I want something, I want it yesterday. Yeah. So there is no like downtime. There's no me thinking, oh, okay, I'll, I'll start that at some point. Like I'm starting it now, I'm doing it now, and I'm, I want it done. So I think that's kind of the motivation to just always be doing the next thing and yeah. always be kind of though I have just contradicted myself I'm going to slow down <laughs> but um I think yeah just I've always got the next idea and next thing that I want to work on it just it's always something that I love doing as well so I feel like quite grateful that I've managed to kind of carve a career for myself and not kind of just stick to what I should have yeah. to do like a lot of people have said to me why are you kind of transitioning out of beauty why you know that makes money that's what you've done for so long I don't want to do it so I won't and it's your choice right yeah. and so I've strategically planned to come out with that yeah that's it 
a plan that I've been working on for the past two years, but because people have only just started to hear about, hear about it now, they think that's a quick decision. I'm like, oh, I've decided I'm not going to do this. Or I've decided I'm going to do that. They don't realize that this is actually There's a method. Yeah, yeah. A strategic plan that I've been working on for a long time. But where do you get your, you know, inspiration either for your ideas or for the next step or even role models? Where does all of that come from? I try to get inspiration and role models from different industries that aren't my own. So for instance, when I was in the beauty aesthetics industry, I'd get a lot of inspiration from um, wedding companies. And that sounds really strange or like fashion, but it's because it's like, I feel like to be re- completely inspired, you need to kind of take an idea that's already there because obviously it's it it already exists. Yeah. Make it better, but not from the industry you're in because you want to do something different. There's no point otherwise you're just copying, just yes. looking at something that someone else is doing and think, okay, well, I'll do that. I want to do something that is already being done in a different way and completely flip it on its head and be like, that's not even in this industry, but I can make it work. So I kind of try and follow different um, companies in different countries, a lot of Australian companies, a lot of fashion brands and kind of, kind of take what they're doing, scramble it up a bit and then fit it into what I'm doing. Nice. And so I guess, you know, you, you've been on a journey, you're, you're still on that journey, yeah. you know, you're constantly evolving, but what's the ultimate goal? You know, when, when do you know that you're successful, when your business is, is done, you know, is, is there an end point? What, what, what's the goal? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there is a, a goal as such. I think as you kind of go down the journey, it changes. Um, you know, five years ago, I would never have known that I was, would even have been done like training. I would never have thought about the warehouse. So I think I'm trying not to really plan on things too much and kind of just go, go with it and see where it goes. But I definitely want to build the business to a point where there's multiple warehouses that do different things. Um, I want to build on the community side of it so that we're supporting different companies and different entrepreneurs so that they can fulfill their dreams, um, that they may not have their own space, they may not have the community, they may not have the support. So I kind of want to build that side as well. Um, but yeah, I just want to see where it goes. I don't want to kind of put any limits on it and I just want to just keep doing it for as long as I possibly can. Amazing. And then finally for... Anybody that's listening to this that might be thinking of working for themselves, becoming an entrepreneur, making a big change, you know, just sum up what you would say to them in that in that moment. I would say as long as you can take it as that this is going to be your baby and you're obsessed with it, then absolutely do it. It won't all, always be easy. People won't always support you. But as long as you're confident in what you're doing and why you're doing it, then... You know, you have to live your life on your terms. Absolutely. The one thing I have realized is there's going to always be crisis along the way. And the bigger you get, the bigger they get. But I've really got the mindset now that a good company would fold in a crisis. Sorry, a bad company would fold in a crisis. A good company would survive. And an excellent company takes that moment and really makes it define the future. So I think as long as you can lean into the bad times, embrace them and kind of really see where you need to change and see where the business can evolve, you almost just need to kind of go along with the journey, go along with the flow and embrace the bad times as well as the good times and make sure that you kind of do have, even if it's a really tiny support network around you, it could be one or two people. As long as they believe in you, then you can do it. So uh, thank you for joining us on our first episode of Oh Yes, You Can. 
uh, this mini series is about entrepreneurs and you know you're definitely an entrepreneur through and through um thank you for coming on and it's, it's been great speaking to you thank you for having me